Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network presented to you by our sponsors, BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, friend, and colleague, Nick Martin. All right, Nick, um, we are very close to round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Round one has been all over the map in terms of just chaos depression for me and a lot of other stuff uh, but we still have one game to get to that's the rangers and devils it's in new jersey it's basically a coin flip devils minus 115 at home rangers minus 105 on the road and the over under here well before we before we get to the over under uh it's been or or before I just say it out, it's been five and a half this entire series, and it's going to be there. And it'll be fun to watch if the game seven under money shows up, as it always does. Uh, our, our colleague Stucky has a fun game seven piece that he always resurfaces every year. Uh, so five and a half right now is juice minus 125 to the under. Let's see where it goes. Uh, I want to context these odds before I flip it to you, too. The Devils were minus 135 in games one and two at home. And then in game five, they were minus 115, which is funny because they played terribly in game one. The market didn't move. They expected a, it expected a bounce back in game two, stayed at minus 135 to close. Then the Devils played really well in game three, four uh, with Akira Schmidt in goal. So the first two games were Vitek Vanacek, then they switched to Schmidt. Uh, but still, the market's confidence in the, the, the Rangers kind of held as uh, it was a 20-cent move from one and two to, to five, and it's staying there for seven. What are your thoughts here on a side or a total in game seven? Yeah, so I actually really like this spot for the Rangers. I think uh, everyone who's listened to us a lot all year know that I've rated the Devils pretty highly and fully respect that I'd even strength. They're probably the better team. But to me, in, this feels like one of those game seven spots where I'll lean on the experience crutch a little bit. I'll lean on kind of what the Rangers did last season. I like those things working in their favor. It's one of those things. 
I know Schmid's been good too, but it's one of those things where it just feels like you want Shesterkin so bad in this spot. And I just think we're going to see one of those things where maybe the Devils control a little more of the play. And in fact, likely control more of the play. But New York just kind of has the right answers. They don't have any breakdowns, that kind of thing. And a lot of times it just comes down to who makes less mistakes. And it just it's a bit of a feel thing. But I, I do think this is a really good spot for the Rangers to show up and and just finish her out with uh, kind of the way Shesterkin's playing and everything. I think it's setting up good for them. It seems like one of those ones, like I, I this game, I think the game seven under is a real thing too. Like I definitely wouldn't go on the over. My thoughts yeah. are like something like a 3-1 Rangers win with like a big power play goal and a good Shesterkin performance is kind of just what I'm expecting. Yeah, it's it, this is another, like I talked about wanting to see where the under, the money, how where does it stop on the under? I also am really interested to see how much money the Rangers take tomorrow because I think that kind of what you just outlined will influence a lot of people and, and not just casual bettors. I think there's a lot of sharp folks out there that bet big money and know that it's in a game seven, it's just as much about handicapping as it is about what the numbers are telling you. And it becomes even more true when you're dealing with a team like uh, the Rangers, who I've I've made the comparison before, are like Real Madrid in soccer. They just wait you out, and they'll hang around because they know they've got a, a, a sensational goalie who's going to keep them in games. Uh, they'll wait for you to make a mistake. They'll take advantage of that mistake, whether it's a penalty, uh, you know, turnover, whatever it is, uh, and and they just make their chances count. So for the Devils to win. They just need to color inside the lines, basically. Stay out of the penalty box. 28 minor penalties, I believe, the Devils have taken in the first six games. That's just way too much. Game six, they get out to the early lead and then start going to the penalty box over and over again. And, you know, that that was all she wrote. Um, but I just think when when you're looking at this from a handicapping perspective, a lot of people are just going to look at the goaltending matchup. A rookie netminder who's been great in the series and has good you know, small sample numbers in the regular season, Akira Schmid uh, against Igor Shesterkin, who was been really strong all series, was great in the playoffs. Last year, the Rangers went 5-1 and one in elimination games last year. You know what's nuts about the Rangers last year, too, is they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were within two games of the Stanley Cup. They went 10-10 and 10 in the Stanley in, in the playoffs, which is That's just crazy. They had, just yeah, and that, I didn't even look at those numbers, but that did feel like, was in the back of my mind where I know they're going to come out. And so many of these just come down to like who can stick with their game without really making like the big mistakes. And we know the devils, they have more of the two way guys. They have a lot more of these he sure types who are going to drive more of the play, but it, it just feels like I'm comfortable with that in this spot where I'll trust that the Rangers can hang in and find a way, which is very, you know, not kind of a traditional handicap for myself, but, it's something that it just feels like with everything we've seen from the Rangers the last two years, this is a spot where I want to bet them compared to like the devils. It feels like maybe it could go a little more off the rails. So who knows? We'll see. And even, even if it doesn't go that off the rails for New Jersey, like if they take three penalties, you feel pretty comfortable that the Rangers would punish them for at least one of them. Uh, Yeah. And Shesterkin has been so good too. Yeah. Like they're not going to play those games that got ugly. Like game five, everyone knows the Rangers were horrible. They're not that bad. Like this year, they were actually better defensively at even strength for for vast periods of time. So, yeah, I that's kind of my thoughts here. I feel like they'll find a way, but 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think like it, it's, I think it looks just about right. I, I would sort of, if I had to pick lean towards New Jersey, uh, just because I, in a game seven, when it's just going to be drilled into them to be, uh, manage the game, manage the puck, stay out of the box. You, and refs put tend to put their whistles away in, uh, in game sevens, I mean, who knows what the way things have been going with uh, the officials this this postseason? But they'll put them away if someone gets an edge from a power play. Yeah, <laughs> that was like I thought the best case for that was tonight's game. The call that Boston scored their third goal on was dumb. Everyone knew it, but the refs proceeded to make up for it by letting four Florida calls go in the third. Yeah, which I mean, I guess is when you can argue that maybe you know, makeup calls kind of make sense, but it just seems like the game management refing is absolutely out of control right now where there's so much thought you going just, into like, it makes, who it just had just a power it, play, who had it, a lead. It, it makes balls. it hard to, uh, to like just go in and, and, and give an honest assessment of like a, a game. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just tend to, would tend to lean towards the devils being the better team at five on five and bank on it being played at five on five more often. But like I said, that you the odds tell you this. Right? It's a 50-50 game, basically. So you can make a salient argument for either side. Uh, I do think, and we're seeing this if, in the early betting, uh, according to the Action Network app, like most of the money uh, and most of the bets are coming in on the Rangers. And I don't expect that to stop with the experience angle, the goaltending edge, all being with New York. So I think you can probably wait on New Jersey if you want to bet them. Uh, and You might be able to see these odds flip by the time we get there. All right, that's game seven for Rangers and Devils. That's Monday night at 8 p.m. <laughs> and we're right into round two on Tuesday. Leafs, Panthers, and Kraken and Stars uh, coming our way Tuesday night. Lines are starting to populate here, but we should have a pretty good idea of uh, what what we'll like what we'll see just based off the series price. Panthers plus 145 on the series line, minus 165. Uh, for the Leafs, anything here? What are your kind of general thoughts on on this game? On the series, um, I should say. Yeah, I don't really have much from a betting perspective. I think if, you know, you have uh, Leafs outrights like we suggested earlier in the year, you should be happy, obviously, with the way things are gone, but they have gone, but I'm not interested in betting them. I think that this series, I mean, it's going to be super fun. One thing I'm getting interested in, I'm hoping the first couple totals are still six and a half. And I also think there's going to be a few of these that completely fly off the rails. And maybe we see like five, five, because I just think the way Florida is built right now, they're going to find a way to get their offense. And I still think Sammy maybe almost even looked a little shakier than maybe his like results suggested, but I, it's hard for me to see the Panthers defense hanging in very well with some of those Toronto lines. And I also think like, it's almost crazy to say this, but, and part of it was clearly just like Bergeron being so hurt and out of the picture. And, but I do kind of think they quietly have three lines that are driving a lot better Toronto compared to Boston. And that could be an edge that kind of exposes some of those bottom Panthers D we'll see. It's a bit of a different thing too. Like Florida was getting by with so much, just chipping it out of the zone and just trying to hang in there. So it'll be interesting to see how it looks in a different matchup, but I'm definitely, you know, I'm not overly interested in betting on either of them at that. I still kind of would agree with the Leafs. Like, I think it's a pretty, pretty good situation for the Leafs, even with 
full respect to the Panthers. I mean, they, they earned that series versus Boston, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you, you wonder just how much of that was, you know, the Bruins just being off because uh, they clearly were, especially in, yeah. in game seven. I mean, that's, and, game or, seven, Boston yeah. was bad. Like I was texting you after two periods and I was like, how the hell is this a game? And then they came out and were, found their game for 15 minutes in the third and they managed to get the lead and then they can't hang on. And this first round made such a good case. I mean, we've said a lot on this podcast like hockey is so volatile when both teams do a decent, like a certain amount of things. Right. Mm-hmm. I almost, I had said to you, I was frustrated because I don't think I cashed in on it as much as I should have. We like the Kraken, like the Panthers. Like I, I think our summary of our pre playoff preview was that there was going to be more chaos in round one than people expected. Like that we thought one of the big dogs was going to fall. Um, and that seemed to be the case. It just seems like there's so much parity in the league right now. And there's so many of these teams capable of kind of turning these games into a coin flip. And once a team kind of gets back on their heels, starting to make a few more mistakes in the neutral zone, that sort of thing. Um, it seemed like that was kind of a storyline we saw a lot in round one. So, yeah, I think that's something you're going to want to keep an eye on. And just when you're considering like any teams that are getting super favored, it, it, it makes me think like you just want to see a look with some of these at like a game before you know it's just i i don't feel overly confident in any of the teams this round dominating for sure I, like i think the oil are one that i i like where they're at i thought they had a pretty good series but we'll see my thoughts on Leafs and panthers uh if i'm a panthers backer here my biggest concern is what you said like trying to figure out those 15 to 18 minutes when you're going to have Mark Stahl on the ice and you're going to have, uh, you know, Radko Gudis, Stahl, like that, those kind of players. And and I actually I think even thought Gudis, Gudis hung yeah, in. as I say, okay. like Gudis is, a, was... Gudis is a, a serviceable like player. And I think in, in the playoffs too, this, there's kind of, you know, this ne- like cliche of playoff type players, but like, that's what this guy is because he's not he's not the type of guy that's going to play himself into trouble he's going to do what he does well and just yeah, do it he over was and over finding ways to like hide his slower speed and on the walls it felt like he was still getting to pucks in time and like making plays whereas stall it just felt like there was never enough space for him to actually do anything like if the puck would just die there because it's just it's just like so lanky. It's just always in his feet or he's slow to it or something. Like just felt like it was so easy to forecheck him and the puck would go nowhere. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's going to be a problem. The, uh, I guess the, the good news for the Panthers too, with like with Bennett back, they have, uh, they have th- th- three lines that can push play in the right direction and, and kind yeah, of protect sure. those kind of assets uh, or, or I mean, lack of assets. I mean, they're forwards. Say. You look at how many guys played great in round one. Like game seven, the Lundell, Lesterine, and Reinhardt line was amazing yep. tonight. Like they were really, really good. Lesterine might have been the best player in the, the series. Yeah, he almost had that really nice one off the bar too in the game. That would have made it 3-0, I think. It was either, it would have made it, I think it would have made it 3-0. Anyways, though, the game could have been completely different if even just that went in. And I thought that line played really well. So... For sure, like they have three legitimately good lines, and 
it's crazy to think where this where Florida would be if they had two more like like just really serviceable steady defenders because that those are just yeah. clear flaws. Like it wouldn't be hard to have someone drastically better than Mark Stahl playing those minutes than well, if they did. You know, I, how good are they looking? And even still, like Montour on the second pairing was unreal. So it's not like we're talking about like a, you know, yeah, necessarily horrible. Yeah, right. Like they still, but... like they still have, uh, you know, Fors, Forsling Ekblad is fine. Montour, uh, Gudis, it's a fine second pair. It's, you know, that, that Mahura stall situation is, uh, it's certainly a situ- situation. And yeah, like they, they're not gonna throw uh, what's his name, Mike Benning, in there. I don't think over Stahl, and you, you, even though you'd have to wonder if uh, the other or, thing I or, think or, that or I play would... Casey Fitzgerald like on his offside, like if the other thing that I think I would trust if I was going to bet the Panthers, I'm not really overly interested in betting the Panthers. I, I think Toronto has some pretty good edges in the series, but we'll see. Um, is I would just bet into like a longer series. Like if Toronto lost in four stuff happens or even five, I think it would just be really, really shocking. It seems like that would be really, really hard for me to imagine. So I'd rather just take a longer number to try to back Florida winning in a longer series than get on that on board with that. Yep. And I mean we're assuming that this game one will probably open around like one forty, plus one forty for for Florida, um, maybe a total of seven. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, there's, there's um, on a game to game basis for this one, I think these games are going to be good lottery ticket contests for like same game parlays and alt overs, whatever you want, and, and uh, however you want to play it, because there should be scoring. I don't think it's too controversial to say that the Leafs although they won, didn't really inspire much confidence that like, like when no. you look at the teams, right? I mean, like, game six was better. And game six like was, we said, yeah. the, like, well, I don't think Paul's coming back in now. So yeah. that is clean things up. Cause yeah. he was the one, but getting, they still didn't like, um, the um, they still weren't like the clearly the better side. No, not at all. Which I is, thought it was, I mean, yeah, you could, it's interesting on that level because, you know, this is kind of what I said entering this year that, you know, nobody respected any of these excuses when it was Toronto losing series like they lost, where if you, you know, if you heard Leafs fans and supporters saying like they had bad puck luck, they had tough refing, that sort of stuff, people would just pick up, oh, shut up, winners win, that kind of thing. And then when when the roles get reversed and Tampa loses a series like this, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more people being like, like oh, like they had good luck and that kind of thing, which again, that's part of the reason I don't love Toronto here when like it seems like it's such a good matchup like like you know people are probably like oh nick's been high on toronto all year they're getting like what is what is better of the two matchups obviously but the thing is their their first round play wasn't as good as i think if you took so if you took what the oilers did against the kings and like you put it on what the you switch like what, what the leafs did like the oilers were they just found it they found like an a level they i know that the power play clip did a crazy percent but you watch those games and you just look at how those games played out. It, they played out, they took a good team in the Kings and made them play to their style, like all series long, basically. Uh, ext- when you like extract it out over the six games, the Leafs, 
they went three and zero in overtime. If you saw from the Leafs what you saw from the Oilers, we're talking about a different equation here. But uh, you know, Toronto, as you know, impressive as it is that they won that series, and the performances that they got from uh, their high end players, you do wonder like what version of Toronto is going to show up because there were there were also like you know some kind of moments down the stretch too since the trade deadline and they were trying to figure out the right chemistry and balance the lineup that kind of looked like that too and then they just kicked it into high gear so you can make the argument that they they won despite not playing their best hockey and now we'll just grow into the playoffs or you can look at the other way which is like they could rest on their laurels a bit and get picked off here by a dangerous panthers team but it'll be uh interesting uh i think the yeah like i said the, the same game parlay angles the live live betting uh comebacks and just crazy stuff to happen game by game basis is the way to go here hockey betting season is here so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks sign up with betmgm using bonus code action and get up to one thousand dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. The the other uh, Tuesday series, so, so Leafs and Panthers will start Tuesday in the early evening, then it'll be stars and Kraken later on. Uh, we do have a line for the series here. It's Dallas minus one seventy, Kraken plus one forty. Seems about right. I, I I mean, we talked about Seattle being dangerous because they could win the battle, the battle with uh, Colorado in the bottom six, uh, and they did. I think we saw very little come from. Colorado in outside Nothing. of that was idea. insanity. Yeah, like zero those goals. final two games, it was like when McKinnon, Rant, and McCarr were on the ice, they were the best team in the world and just dominating. But you can only do so much when yep. you're a couple guys in the NHL. It's really, really hard, and they were getting nothing. It seemed like that Nachushkin loss was kind of the one that really put it into a bad place where they just didn't have more yeah. than one line doing anything. Yeah, yeah. it almost and felt like like the way that that was being talked about too. They kind of just were like resigned to their fate almost it, it yeah that's exactly right it just kind of felt like the abs weren't really necessarily a team in a good place by the end of that so you know as much as i'd love for it to mean the world for the kraken and i mean it's an unreal win like no matter what it's a pretty sweet moment but in terms of like handicapping this round i'm not actually 
giving them that that good of a chance even though i've really loved um the stars or the kraken all year and i'm actually have been pretty low on the stars but it felt like the stars really did close out that series well and that this is maybe a pretty good spot for them and then i think one thing that's going to be really interesting is like seems like the Kraken score so many of these mid mid-range goals because they just have so many good shooters in the lineup yep. like so many Tolvanens and Bjorkstrands scoring from like just inside the house and that sort of thing and as good as Georgiev was I still think that's a much more manageable task on him versus Ettinger like last year it seemed like those were exactly the kinds of chances Calgary had so so many of in round one where they were just like chance after chance not quite ones that are like always going to result in a goal, but somewhat scorable. And it resulted in that series where Edinger just was historically good. He broke like the all-time record for uh, goals saved above expected in one series. So I wonder if maybe on that front, it's possible the Kraken's like those, those chances aren't going to go versus Edinger so much, but we'll see. I mean, they'll be live. They're still going to win some of the bottom six battles for sure. I actually think defensively, they don't have a pairing that can match that high skin in one, but I do think one through six, they're looking good in that front. Um, so we'll see. I think it's really interesting. The one, keep your eye out. I think it's still a prayer, but sometimes in hockey, you see these these uh, long shots stay stale. So I would say keep your eyes out if cons my thoughts open up and Grubauer is still below 100 to 1. We threw that out at 201, 201 last week, and I still think it's a punt. I wouldn't go much lower than that, but... Like he should be the the Kraken's Consmith favorite by a mile yeah. now, um, and like the scoring just continues to be spread out amongst the whole team. Like tonight, Bjorkstrand comes up with two, and now he's tied for the team league team lead. So it just seems like it's it has to be him. You're getting pretty much whatever that number is on uh, whatever the Kraken number is to win the cup. You're getting far better with him. So that's the easy case there. And then I think. We gave out Edinger before uh, round one, and he gained some steam, but I've, I've been seeing some people talking about that a lot since then. I wouldn't be, like, rushing to add that because Rope had yeah. such a damn good series that I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know. It yeah, and, like and they also have, they have Rob, like, Robertson could just go off in this, you know, s- series, and if, if they make a run, like, he ends up... Yeah, like, to me, it feels running. like one where it's, like, if you're into the stars, it's cloudy enough that i probably i don't know right yeah no i'm with I mean, you there and they play the best teams it'll it probably would be adding jerry making the difference like i'm still happy that we gave that one out but i don't know i don't i don't think you need to like rush to get it in uh all right let's talk quickly now about golden knights and the oilers this one wednesday night for game one uh we already have a line for that game it's oilers is a slight slight road favorite minus 115 and they're minus 150 despite not having home ice advantage to to win the series this one it feels it feels like the oil are in good form this is a should be a pretty good matchup when you look at what how vegas won their last series they won it despite getting absolutely cooked by the Winnipeg Jets power play. I think the Jets were like 42% or so. Uh, and now they're going to take on this one. So that needs to get, and you know, penalty kills volatile. They could figure it out, but doing it against the, the Oilers is 
not yeah, easy. That's typically where middling goaltending gets exposed pretty yeah, hard. Yeah. Like so. And this, the, like the Jets, oof, like that the was, Jets just fell. That was apart. our worst take because that was yeah. I mean, that was I think everybody's overall, worst we take. Did pretty every, good every, in round every, one. Everybody, but, uh, you know, yes, we, everyone we, got on we were, them. They just got dummied. That was the most out of all the series. That was the most you know lopsided one where you're saying, and it's not like that's a tough case. It's the one that ended in five, but like that was the one where you're saying like, all right, Vegas smoked them. So it'll be really fun to see how they do versus a better team. Stone played so good in that series after a really tough game one. He was absolutely dialed. So yep, pretty interested to see how he goes head to head with uh, the Oilers top dogs. I I do like the oil. I think yeah. rather than bet that series price, I'd rather just start with a little bit on game one. And yeah, I'm with you. Go from uh, there. And the Oilers are, once again, I'm going to say the same thing I said for the King series, which ended up bearing out right. Like I, I said, betting them to win from behind was a good prop. And because the Oilers are a team that they could lose the first two games in Vegas. And if they did that, I would be all over buying Oilers futures, whether it's like a McDavid, Con Smythe, what, whatever the best number you could find is on on like to win the conference, to win the uh, Stanley Cup, etc. Because they, they, they're they just good enough to, to rip four, four in a row from any team in the blink of an eye and with the way they're going. So uh, that's my strategy yeah. here. And to talk quick on like uh, home ice advantage, road dogs, that kind of thing, because obviously they went off in this round. Um and like we were very pro, like I've always said, that it's not something you want to bet into. Don't pay home ice tax in the playoffs. Doesn't really mean anything. Now I wonder, and we'll see. This wasn't a thing in these game sevens at all. But I, I don't think you can bet blindly into road teams either. Like my point has basically always just been that I think like pro athletes, NHLers at this point in time can figure out how to play their sport on the road with like, you know, in a loud room. So, like, I'm not just going to be blindly firing on road dogs in round two. I think that's, like, kind of something we're starting to see from people where I don't know if it's, like, something you can just bet on moving forward. There'll probably be some sort of, like, a kind of balancing point, I would think, where it just tends to level off. Because my belief is kind of just more so, like, just handicap it how you would, how you think the teams are matching up and that sort of thing. And then I just kind of try not to worry about that too much, whereas now it seemed like, today i'm seeing people who i don't even see handicapping hockey normally just saying fire blindly on the road teams so i don't know i don't know if that'll be a great strategy in round two we shall uh we shall see but uh all right so that's it we'll uh put a pin in it there like we said we'll we we, we talked about dude game seven between the rangers and then those tuesday games and we t- touched on the oilers and knights but we'll we'll go deeper into that one uh we're gonna re record for the Wednesday game ones and Thursday game twos uh, on late Tuesday night. So that'll be out Wednesday morning until then uh, for Dick Martin. I'm Michael Lee Bluff. Thank you to our sponsors, BetMGM. This has been line change. Good luck with your bets on game seven and on Tuesday night. Action network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.